You are listening to a podcast from Vineyard Church of Augusta. For more information, visit vineyardaugusta.org. Good morning, everybody. How is everybody this morning? Everybody well? It's good to see you this morning. Seeing more and more faces joining back with us, which is a delight. Uh, and uh, you guys are looking great this morning, even with one less hour sleep. Yes. Yes, thank you for making that, uh, that extra sacrifice to be here with us. And good morning, Cafe. Good morning, online church family. Um, let me also just mention uh, that we are continuing something we started in 2020, uh, a year for living generously. And we felt the Holy Spirit leading us to give away 5% of our tithes and offerings every month to a local charity, ministry, or cause that had nothing to do with Vineyard Church of Augusta. And we decided to continue that into uh, 2021. And so for, for February, I wanted to let you know that our generosity gift, which represented right at $3,000, uh, went to a, a local organization called Forces United. And Forces United works with local veterans to help provide them resources uh, and services. Uh, many of uh, our homeless community in Augusta are actually uh, veterans. And uh, this has been a resource that the Vineyard Church of Augusta has called on on many occasions when we've uh, sought to help uh, assist uh, veterans who come to us for help. So uh, Forces United is a recipient for our February uh, generosity fund gift, $3,000. And we're able to do that because of your faithfulness in giving. So thank you uh, for giving. And as Angela said, this weekend's a very exciting weekend for our church. And I do want to underscore for all of our youth, definitely make this a priority for Friday night and Saturday uh, with the encounter with Putty. Putty is one of the major voices that God is using to, to speak about the power of the Holy Spirit in our everyday lives in the vineyard, and not just in the vineyard, but across the country and around the world. So it is a real privilege for us to host him this weekend. I want to just give a big shout out to our, our high school youth coordinator, Christian Mino, for coming up with this idea and actually inviting Putty. And uh, so thank you, Christian, for following that lead. And we're looking forward to a great weekend. If the cost of this event, parents, youth, if the cost of this event is what is prohibiting you from signing up, do not let that stop you. Pay what you can and come, even if you can't pay anything. We want our kids here, and we want to see you here next Sunday morning. Putty's going to be talking about the role of the Holy Spirit in life and ministry uh, that morning, and then he's going to continue it, as Angela said, with a workshop that afternoon with a lot of prayer ministry and impartation. It's going to be a great time. I hope you'll be a part of that. Um, I want to say a, a shout out to a guest with us, someone that we sent out uh, all the way to Boonville, Indiana, Anita Young. Anita and Gary uh, were with us for number of years, and we sent them out, and they're doing ministry in Boonville, Indiana. It's great to see you this morning. Uh, Anita, blessings to you and Gary as you continue to serve Boonville, Indiana. So very cool. Uh, man, I got a lot of stuff this morning, but I, I guess I'll stop there and preach, right? Yeah, maybe I should do that. Maybe I should stop and preach. Um, today, we're going to spend some, another Sunday in the Psalms. That's a good place to spend every Sunday. But uh, Roger did a great job talking about uh, Psalms as poetry last week. Uh, and, and really, all of the Psalms are also prayers and expressions of worship to God. Uh, and the, of the 150 Psalms, you're going to find practically every kind of emotional and spiritual state. If you are looking for some sort of expression for prayer or for worship, uh, whether you're experiencing a very high high or a very low low or somewhere weird in between, you're going to find it in the Psalms. And I'm thankful for that. This morning, we're going to turn to Psalm 84. 
Uh, Psalm 84 was something that was in the lectionary a lot this week, and I just felt it just really resonated with my heart, and I, I felt really impressed to preach on this this morning. The better choice of God's presence. How many of you know and are very keenly aware that we live in a day and age with lots and lots and lots of choices, right? To the extent that we have so many choices that there is actually a phenomenon called overchoice or choice overload, which makes people like have a brain freeze because they're overwhelmed by all the options to the point where they're, they're, they, make, they have a paralysis of decision-making. Have you ever been there? Like when you're at uh, Dunkin' Donuts and they're like, which kind of donut do you want this morning? I mean, the significant, yeah, all of them. Yeah, give me one of each. Well, God, he created us and he gave us freedom of choice. And as the author of this psalm had found for himself the better choice, the much, much, much better choice always is God's presence, isn't it? Uh, and, and the better choice is a personal experience of God and his presence over and above every other kind of situation, every other kind of cir- circumstance. Now, this psalm is about a beautiful journey a rich, deep experience of going to worship at the temple in Jerusalem, about the excitement of building up to get there, uh, even though the way getting there is difficult and trying at times. Because of the sacrifice of Jesus and the work of the Holy Spirit, we don't have to go to a place, a temple, a church, a sanctuary to experience God's presence anymore, do we? God is everywhere. So he's, he's, he's omnipresent. He is everywhere. But what I'm talking about this morning is that sense of his manifest presence, where his rule and reign is evident, where he is, he, you sense his presence. It's more than just a, God, I know you're everywhere. I, go, I know that there is nowhere that I can go from your presence. But it's when we have that tangible sense that God is here, that God is real. And that is what God is calling us to not just visit, Not just go to every now and then, but he's calling us to live there. This is God's plan and his call for us. And so if you have Psalm 84, if you want to, I think we've got the entire Psalm in your notes this morning. So it'll also be on the screen here in the worship center, but but read along with us. This is um, a Psalm of the sons of Korah. Uh, They were gate temple, uh, gatekeepers in the temple, probably musicians who led worship there, and they have a number of psalms that are attributed to them uh, in the book of Psalms. And as we read this, know the the sons of Korah are not plagiarizing or sampling Matt Redman, just so you know that. (laughs) How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh, they cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young, a place near your altar. Lord Almighty, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. And Baca is a place of weeping, a place of barrenness. 
They make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor, and no good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Lord Almighty, Blessed is the one who trusts in you. Lord, we thank you for your presence. We thank you that you invite us to live every moment of every day with a a heightened sense that you are God, that you are Emmanuel, you're with us, that you are our Lord, that you are our Redeemer, that you are our Savior, our King. God, we ask that you would come and we just thank you for your manifest presence in this place. We have invited you with the worship of our hearts and lives. We thank you that you are enthroned on the praises of your people. Come, Holy Spirit. Come and speak your words of love and life to us. Thank you, God, that you meet us where we are. You know each one of us. You know where we are. You know the things that we are facing, the things that we are going through, where we are on this journey of faith. And thank you for being with us. Come and speak to our hearts. Use me this morning. Let let your heart be reflected through the words that I speak. Speak through me, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I just want to begin. There's so much in this beautiful psalm. Uh, but I just want to begin with some really simple things that I hope that we can take away with us this morning. And the first is this, that God invites us, uh, again, to daily live in his presence. This is not just a special occasion thing. Uh, this is not just a once in a blue moon kind of thing. God is inviting us to find our home in his manifest presence. And that place of his kingdom of where his peace rules and his joy is evident and he sets things right where we know that, that he is with us. It is God's will for us that we live every day, again, with a hunger. This is not just something that we are to be passive about. In fact, I, I know from my own experience in my own life and watching the journey of others that we cannot be passive about this and expect to truly live in the presence of God. This is uh, something that we need to hunger for. There needs to be anticipation and expectation to live in the presence of God. And then awareness of of the Holy Spirit at work around us and a a decision to cooperate with what he's doing. Uh, Like the psalmist, we should find God's presence Lovely, how lovely is your dwelling place? Lovely and desirable to recognize that that intimacy with God, company with God is is the deepest longing of our hearts and our souls. And that there is, is even a physical, a physical yearning that the psalmist talks about here. Now, I'm a numbers guy, I like numbers. And it's very interesting to me that there are a lot of parallels between Psalm 84 and then just cut it in half by two, in Psalm 42. That's easy to remember, right? Take 84, divide it by two, you're at 42. There are a lot of similarities here. It's like, you are such a nerd. Wow. 
Yeah. But that's the psalm that talks about as the deer pants for the water. So my soul longs for you. And it's also interesting that this is, Psalm 84 and Psalm 82 are the only two places in Scripture where we use the reference, where the, where the reference is used, the living God. And it's that, that notion that I'm not interested in some far-off historic deity that has no relevance to my life today. This is a cry for the true and living God that is alive, that is real, that is here that is helping us, that is, that is giving us strength to get through whatever we're going through. And I love that about this. And, and this is a call to us to accept this invitation to live in God's presence each and every day, the true and living God. We're seeking after him. We're hungering for him. We're thirsting for him. So the question I have to that fact that this psalm brings out is this. So if that's the case, that's God's will for us, what constrains me from fully accepting this invitation that God so lovingly and generously extends to each and every one of us? Uh, maybe it's choice overload. There are too many choices out there. There are too many distractions. There are too many preoccupations that can fill our imaginations and our minds. That certainly is, is the case for all of us. I know all of the distractions that I deal with and you deal with, that we all deal with, that the enemy tries to throw at us to keep our minds off of, of God, our hearts off of him, our affections turn to other things. But I also know that there is also sometimes maybe a wrong or false notion about what the presence of God really represents, and this goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. When, when Adam and Eve, they knew what it meant to live in the presence of God, walking with God in the cool of the day, that closeness of intimacy, that transparency, that just completely being vulnerable with God and the security and the safety of that. But then they sinned, and when they sinned and God came and called out for them, Offering his presence, offering his companionship, what did they do? They ran and they hid. They were fearful. And I think sometimes that's where we are in our broken state, in, in our fallen state, that we fear God's presence and we run and hide from it. And, and I just want to say that maybe fear is constraining you today. Maybe Fear is constraining you from drawing near to God, but we need to know that God loves us and he's called us to live in his presence and he calls us to receive his, his mercy and his grace and his healing and his restoration. Maybe it is fear, maybe it's busyness, maybe it's distraction, but the bottom line is this. God has called each and every one of us to live every day in his presence, to live in his presence each and every day. And, and why do we need God's presence? We need God's presence for strength. We need God's presence uh, to strengthen us so that we can deal with the highs and the lows of the journey that we're on, the spiritual journey. And, and you know, we're, we're coming out of a, a, of a year as a country of dealing with, with COVID. And boy, have there been lots of lows over the last 12 months, Right. And, and, and we're, we're emerging from that. Thank God. Thank him for his faithfulness. Thank him for his protection, his goodness. 
thank him for his nearness, and, and we need his strength. And I think for a lot of people, it's sort of like, you know, when you've got a really tough task to do, you just sort of nail down and you get her done. And then you get it done and there's that sigh of relief and all of a sudden you begin to feel the emotional impact of what you have just gone through. And I think a lot of people are dealing with that. I got to be honest with you. I think I'm dealing with that. I think I'm dealing with a lot of anger. I have a lot, a lot of anger. And it's not... It's not at a particular thing. There are lots of things coming from all kinds of direction. But as I'm a, I'm a person who internalizes. Uh, and I just have been made aware that I've got a lot of anger to deal with. And I'm so thankful that, you know, Scripture says, in your anger, don't sin. Anger in and of itself is not a sin. It's what we do with it. It's how we handle it. If we allow it to internalize to the point where it causes great anxiety and stress and that we're not doing something productive with it as I getting healing, talking to someone, uh, having productive, healthy ways of dealing with it. Yeah, that, that's sin. Uh, or we're, we're lashing out at people or we're, we're being uh, resentful or, or, or bitter or you know, we're acting out on that. Those things are not of God. Those things are not good. But I, I, I say that and I share that with you this morning because there have been a lot of lows. There have been many highs as well over the last year, but there have been a lot of lows for a lot of us. And as, as Angela mentioned as she was talking this morning about the meeting place, I want to encourage you. Um, there is no shame in, in dealing with the, the things of brokenness in all of our hearts and lives, the difficult things that we have gone through or maybe we're going through or are in the midst of right now. It's important that, that we deal with those. Here in, in Psalm 84, these folks were literally traveling to Jerusalem from many different places so that they could come to the temple and worship. And the temple represented the place of God's presence for them. So they were, they were moving toward that. And it was a journey that they made, not as individuals, but they made it as families, in some cases, even a whole community or village. And, and it was often very long and very difficult and there's been a lot about the last year that we've had to sort of deal with individually and maybe just our own cloistered families. And, and thankfully, there's also been that effort from this local church and our community at large to, to stay connected, uh, to, to take care of each other. But it's been difficult. There have been treacherous paths, just like in this psalm. There have been unpleasant areas. You know, the psalmist refers to the Valley of Baca, and that means a valley of weeping, it's been hard. It's been very difficult. But the psalmist also gives testimony here of the blessing of God on those who find their strength in him. In, in verse 6, it says, as they pass through, and I'm so thankful for that, they pass through the valley of Baca. They make it a place of springs, and the autumn rains also cover it with pools. And they go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. And that is what God is calling us to. God's presence strengthens us so that we can deal with the highs and with the lows. Uh, we, we, we need that strength. And that's why we need God's presence. We often think we can just get through this stuff on our own, whether it's our own just 
It's my will. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just pull up my pants and be a man. Yes, that's it. So that's a bad image. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but it's that thing of we need God's strength to, to make this journey. We need his strength to make this journey. God's presence strengthens us so that we can deal with the highs and the lows. So, so what is our responsibility? What's my part in this? What's my responsibility for receiving the Holy Spirit's empowerment, for receiving the Holy Spirit's strength? And in verse 4, I, I, I think the, the psalmist gives us some really good insight. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. Does that mean you got to be at church all the time? No. But blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. That connection, a life of praise that we make our homes, that we make the, just the atmosphere and the environment of our lives. Places of praise, uh, places of worship. And, and that we are, we're called to, to do that on an ongoing basis, choosing to be mindful of the fact that our God is praiseworthy at all time, no matter what's going on or no matter what's not happening. Our God never ceases to be worthy of the praise of our whole hearts and our whole lives. And whether we look at human history or whether we're looking at last week. And it's also important as we begin to gather back together to be mindful that sometimes I don't see what God's doing in my life today. It's hard for me to recognize that God is at work in my life today. Maybe I don't see the fruit of that. And that's why it's so important that, that we look around, that we see and remember how God has been faithful to Bob or how God has given direction and guidance to Olga, how God has brought healing to Rob. Uh, and we look and we give thanks and we give praise. And that is why it's important for us to be a people who worship in community. Because sometimes I don't recognize and I don't see a whole lot that God's doing in my life. But I look around and I've got history and I see the faithfulness of God. I know the stories and I'm, I'm able to celebrate that fact that God has been faithful. God has been good. He has provided and he has been faithful to us. God's at work everywhere. And so it's important that we together celebrate that fact. And we do it individually, but we also do it in community. And that's why it's so important to worship as a community together. We worship and we praise our God. And in our worship, we welcome his manifest presence. Psalm 22 talks about uh, that God is enthroned on the praises of his people. And so that's why we welcome the presence of God with our worship. But it's a worshiping life. It's not just a few songs on Sunday morning. It is to be a worshiping life where we are inviting the presence of God. There is determination. There is intentionality that we are to have for us to be the people of God's presence. In verse five, the, the psalmist says, blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. And, and right now our staff is, is, is working together uh, to develop just a, a, a pathway uh, for growth that we're gonna be, we're excited about sharing with you in the months to come. Uh, just for, for us to grow in every area as followers of Jesus. And, and this week, this, this passage, we were looking at that, and uh, that, that this, this literally means a spiritual highway on our hearts. That we make the decision to get on that road, 
to get on that path. It is an intentional decision that we make each and every day that it's, it's at the core of who we are and what we seek to be always growing in our relationship with God that none of us will ever arrive until we see Jesus face to face. There is more for us to experience of God, more for us to learn from him, ways for us to continue to grow. And that's why the psalmist says they go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. We have that opportunity to grow in God's presence and to go through barren places from strength to strength. But between those strengths, how many of us know there are difficult places? There are difficult places that we go through from strength to strength. There are difficult things, but God, he walks with us through those. And also, I'm so thankful that he walks through uh, those difficult places with us. And sometimes it's our brothers and our sisters holding our hands, praying for us, encouraging us as we walk through these things, that that is how God shows up. And that is the ministry of the church. And that is the the mission of the church to, to be that, to express that to those who are inside our walls and to those who are outside our walls. And then at the end of the passage in verse 10, the psalmist just says, hey, guys, we've got a choice to make. This is the better choice. Better is one day. Just better is one 24-hour period in your courts than a thousand anywhere else. Anywhere. I don't care where it is. And it's getting our hearts aligned with that truth and that reality that's what, that's, that's what God wants to do. That's that work that he wants to do in each one of us. I would rather be a doorkeeper, just someone who's just right there on the fringe in the house of my God, than to dwell in the tents, to be completely covered in the tents of the wicked. That's, that's, that's the comparison that we're given here. For the Lord God, he is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor, and no good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. There are a lot of good things that we want, things that we think are good, things that we think God should give us, that because he is good, because he is loving, he withholds, because He knows they're not good for us. How many things I have desired in my life that I look back on and realize as as I've grown, as I've matured, as I've become maybe more self-aware, it's like, boy, that would have been really, really bad for me. God knew that. And But the, the thing I want to point out here, that God's presence he blesses the blameless life. Blameless is the word the psalmist uh, that, that he uses here that's interpreted blameless. Blameless life with, with favor and goodness. And a lot of you are automatically saying just like I did, blameless? Who's, not, who, who's blameless? I don't know anybody who's blameless. I've got people blaming me for stuff all the time, you know? <laughs> who's blameless? None of us are blameless. We have all fallen short. We've all missed the mark. So what is, what is he saying here? This word is better interpreted, that person who seeks to live with integrity. The person who seeks to live their life with integrity. Because remember, I mean, who is the person who wrote most of the Psalms? David, a man after God's own heart. He had some blameworthy actions in his life, didn't he? I mean, murderer, adulterer, 
bad parent. Uh, I mean, but why was he a man after God's own heart? Because he was sensitive to the Holy Spirit. He was sensitive to God's work in his life. When, when the prophet showed up and said, hey, you know, you're that man. Pointing out the sin in his life, he was responsive. He was open to, to res- being restored in relationship with God. And that's what this is about. None of us are going to walk a blameless life, a perfect life. And that's not what the Psalm's calling us to. That's not what God is calling us to. But he is calling us to walk with integrity, to be people who seek to live lives of integrity. So this morning, I want to ask you this. What is the Holy Spirit highlighting in me and in you so that we can be people who better walk in integrity. I've already confessed to you that God's shown me in my heart, I've got some anger I need to deal with. I've got some anger that, that he wants to, to, to help me sort out, to, to deal with in a way that is not damaging to me or to others. One of the things he spoke to me a couple of weeks ago is, in your anger, don't preach. So you can thank God for that one. So uh, <laughs> this really is the choice about living in God's presence. And I, 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 I love the writer, the late writer Dallas Willard. A lot of really wonderful books that he's written. And, and one, one of my favorites from his is The Great Omission. And, and he sort of answers the question, you know, how, do we, how can we judge our own hearts and lives about you know, whether or not we are really living in God's presence is their fruit, is there an indication of what our lives should look like if we are people who are truly living in God's presence. And in, his, in The Great Omission, Willard writes this, that the presence of the Holy Spirit can always be recognized by the way he moves us toward what Jesus would be and what Jesus would do. And that's That's why our mission is what it is, to love Jesus and do his ministry everywhere. But just like Jesus when he was here on earth, he only did what the Father was doing. He only did what the Holy Spirit empowered him to do. And let that be our goal. Let that be our mandate as well, that we would know the work of the Holy Spirit, that we are abiding, that we're dwelling in the presence of God by the fact that Christ is being formed in us, that we're becoming more and more like Jesus and that we're doing more and more out of that becoming more like him, that we're doing more and more of what he's doing. So I just invite you to close your eyes. In the cafe, if you're joining us from home, uh, here in the worship center, I just want to remind you of these three questions and just allow you to sit with these just for a moment. So the psalm makes it really clear that God invites us to live our lives, to dwell in his presence, his manifest presence. So what's constraining us from fully accepting God's invitation? Is it distraction? Is it busyness? Is it fear? God promises to give us strength as we do this journey. But what is my responsibility? What is our responsibility for receiving the Holy Spirit's empowerment? Am I opening my heart and life? Am I I living the worshiping life? Am I welcoming the manifest presence of God with my worship? In the way that I live my life, that it says, God, you are my king, you are my Lord. 
God, you promised to, to bless. You promised to bless those whose walk is upright. And Lord, we want to be people who walk in integrity. So Holy Spirit, right now we open our hearts to you and your love and your goodness and your kindness to show us our hearts, to show us those places that are, that are, that are broken, those places that are, that are damaged, those places that are hurting. Come, Holy Spirit. And we thank you that you show us these things not to condemn us, but to invite us to healing, to wholeness. Lord, we thank you that you extend your mercy and grace to each one of us, that your compassions are new every morning, including today. We need your mercy. We need your grace. We need your strength, Lord. We need your healing. Come, Holy Spirit, do your good work in each one of us, that Christ would be formed in us and that we would be empowered to do the same kind of ministry here on earth in 2021 that Jesus did when he walked this earth. Completely dependent on you. Doing only what the Father is doing. We thank you and we love you.